spidey senses tingling. Ladies and gentlemen, Slumbo Slice, the host of the Paper Keg Podcast, episode 139. Welcome to the show, paperkeg.com, hottest internet sites around on Tumblr. And this is our podcast where we talk about the books we read this week. And we do a book club also, the three of us, three remaining living hosts of this show. Greg Rucka. You heard of him? Rucka Keg. Splurt. Michael Lark. Lazarus. Uh, so let's introduce the host, the Shaw King of Southern New Jersey. He, his beard is just, no words can describe it this evening. Uh, your podcast bad boy, you've been called. Uh, Twitter celeb. No one's disputing that. Your father, your hair is dynamite. Dale underscore, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, fellas. It feels good to be back three days since recording the last gem of a show. My wife would also describe my beard as words can't describe. <laughs> Wolfman, Dale underscore she, she just thinks it's a phase, guys. Boy, is she in she for a treat. it's a phase. Uh, speaking of treats, another father... Uh, he braved the long drive from, I don't know, Allentown, PA, who knows, who can even say, to be here this evening. He's a father. Some blue-collar town, some steel mill town. Haynes Tea, sponsoring once again this evening under that plaid flannel, whatever that is. Uh, can't. That's a, that's a man's work shirt from a Viagra commercial. <laughs> For some reason, I'm at a workbench putting tools away. <laughs> Your wrist is sore, picking up the wrong tool. Uh, Jonesy loves beer. Uh, you've never been on the Echo Rift podcast, but you're you're a regular on this show. You're a father. It's a delight to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I can't help but stare at Dale Shaw. And just jealousy wells up inside me. You just look so comfortable, Dale. I feel comfortable. I've, I'm, I'm finally cracking this nut of a 45-degree basement. And that includes shawls and thermal underwear under my sweatpants wow. right now. My feet are still freezing, by the way. We're working well, on Well, I mean, it. you, you got to figure your doll feet would be the easiest things to warm. <laughs> you just run a hot... You know, you yeah, turn the stove on, you put some hot water in a pot, you just put your feet in the pot when it's done. Well, I mean, try that next. The You know, the professional, uh, ther- you can't find professional work thermal socks for small feet like mine. You just, it's just impossible. All you get is the doll, doll socks for doll feet. The ones with the tassels around the The doilies ankles. on it. <laughs> yeah, real thin. 
I bet I wouldn't be surprised if you weren't wearing those right now. Your little adorable feet. There's nothing legally made to cover that little surface area. That's a fact. Uh, One of the biggest shows of of all time (laughs) tonight, Uh, Greg Rucka. You know, Mm -hmm. we have a history with Greg. We call him Greg on the show. We've never really interacted with him before. But uh, in our minds, Rucka Keg, we did the entire Punisher run that he did. One of the biggest episodes ever. Man alive, that episode, that run, that rucka, yeah, know, gem. He is a gem. He's a delight. I tweeted him the other day. Yeah. So, oh yeah, tweeted back. They tw- he tweeted, tweeted back. Yeah. I know. I was. He's I currently was... on the uh, the heater rail next to Chris Sobney. <laughs> uh, so we went back to the rucka archives, and we're going to be reading the first trade of his new creator on property, Lazarus. With Michael Lark and company. You know, I like these little four issue runs. I'll tell you what, I like them a whole lot. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, I don't know. They got something special and they know what they're doing. I don't know if that's company wide mission statement or people, you know, creators are just recognizing the fact. But you get a, a $10 trade out there to the masses. That's your first volume of a new book. People people find it very hard to refuse such an such a such an offer. Yeah, it's the godfather you know? of uh, trade collection offers. That's what they say on the streets. Yeah, well, that's probably like right people hanging outside the uh, storefronts. Yeah, trying cigarettes. to sell them to you. Um, so that's around the maybe the thirty minute mark of the show. But we need to talk about the books that we read this week. Um, Dale underscore A. I want to get to you before hypothermia sets in. On your lower extremities. What did you read this week? My little piggies are uh, not <laughs> equipped for the weather. There's Jonesy not paying attention to anything <laughs> we say. He's doing show. his taxes right now. I can see it. <laughs> uh, I just don't want to be the guy that always dogpiles on Dale's miniature feet. <laughs> I just feel like that's a good the save. little piggy comment. Which is, I could have just swooped in there. And talked about how does the world even know that you have toes, but instead I just nubs. I just stop. Foot nub. <laughs> you chose to text your uh, union rep about coming go. in early tomorrow, beating the snow, beating the traffic. Jensi does a weird thing where he texts on the show. He doesn't move his head down. He his head is perfectly <laughs> vertical, but his eyes go down. It's I've never seen a head act that way before. It's like if Batman Michael Keaton was texting somebody. That's what he'd be doing. Oh, I need to put mascara on so that I could blend it with my Michael Keaton mask. Uh, listen up. I read all right, hardest working man in comics right now. Matt Kent. That's Rick Remendo. That is a a, a, a Charles Gate. Matt Kent. Little yes, you're right. But oh, Matt, wow. on on the Matt Kent, he uh, he gave himself that title, so it doesn't okay. really count. Charles Sill, She Hulk, amongst oh. all of his other properties. She Hulk number one forty four. Marvel Now's New Wave. I think I just talked about Slim's book that he wanted to talk about. Sorry, Slim. I'll hit the archives. Uh, Marvel Now, uh, their new wave of books. They're uh, kind of like releasing uh, new books every week for you, dear reader, to jump onto. She-Hulk is Jennifer Hulk, <laughs> uh, Bruce Banner's cousin. And she is the She-Hulk. She doesn't turn back into a human. She was permanently green 
and she has been launched fresh into her new uh, self self uh, titled book. And She Hulk number one is a great little story. This is a fantastic story. Uh, Javier Polito on art, and she quits her job at the law firm she works at because they were basically trying to use her connections uh, as a superhero, her super, her heroic connections to bring in more law work didn't quite work out for them. So she uh, quits, embarks out on her own, and is approached by someone who needs help getting through to uh, Tony Stark. And she manages to win this case for this lady who uh, who has been like swimming in stark red tape for years because of her deceased husband's patents or some such. But uh, the end of the story is that uh, she has to hulk out because even uh, She-Hulk can't get to Stark. She, he has, she has to go directly through the legal department and it's impossible. She finally gets through to Stark. He doesn't know anything about this case because... You know, when you're Tony Stark, you're you're the head of a big conglomerate. You have to have people taking care of these things yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so Jennifer uh, breaks it down, and uh, she uh, Tony Stark ends up writing this widow a nice big check to uh, to kind of float the family so they can survive. And it, it all works out in the end. And uh, the the widow breaks Jennifer off a piece of that Stark money. And she is going to open up her own law firm. Mm. I was... Charles Soule is a lawyer by day. He writes all these comics and he's a full-time lawyer. So I kind of like that aspect. I think it could be uh, valuable for, for She-Hulk since she is a lawyer. But I, I loved it because it wasn't about her Hulk. There was like Hulk smashing in it. But it wasn't like a total out superhero story. It was like a it was like a human story, and it was really really good. I loved it. Polito's art, dynamite, dynamite in the book. It's very dynamite. it's very mm. Michael Allred. If uh, if you're familiar with that style, it's more of that style. Absolutely phenomenal, and and works perfectly for this kind of book. Michael not, Allred wasn't too meets, heavy. Meets David Aha, David Aja. Combined into one human being, and uh, Steely Dan is the name of the uh, that that hybrid. Yeah, what a, what a treat that issue was! I loved uh, reading that book. Can't wait for more. Wish that was like a, maybe a biweekly. I, mean, I could I could I could read that every two weeks. You know, bi monthly, whatever the hell you call that. I don't know, but it was yeah. great. I yeah, love yeah. I love the setup at the end. She starts up her own law firm, and it kind of sets the stage for the whole series. Perfect little one issue that tells you everything you need to know. Right, and it's just a, per- per- a perfect setup, a perfect issue number one, and uh, props to the crew over there. That was a, it was a really great issue. I never thought I would uh, read a story about She Hulk, and and lo and behold, he's got me. Highest recommendation. Jonesy, did you read uh, Jennifer Hulk's first issue? I I did not. Uh, she. This is probably going to end up a comment where I hate women or I hate Hulks, but uh, I just. I don't find that character interesting to me. Of all the female repertoire of uh, Marvel and all the strong character there, uh, characters there, She-Hulk just doesn't doesn't name, draw me in. Name your top five She-Hulk issues. 
that you've read that you think compare? Top five she, she Hulk issues name that five. I've read. Name five. I can't. I can't name one. I don't think I've ever there read a go. single. The She-Hulk name issue. five comes out of retirement, and you are foiled by it. Immediately, Jeez, I think that was a go. rather easy name five for you to win. Had I just I could have, I could have said that name I never, your least like the character. I could have na- said name your least favorite five She Hulk issues, and you would have failed right. as well. They would have been the same titles I read for my most favorite zero 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 you know, zero and zero. You Wendell. probably wouldn't. You probably didn't even hear him ask the question. You've been texting <laughs> this whole time. He's <laughs> talking to his accountant right now, seeing what his tax break's going to be and what he's going to spend. I'm it actually on. making a stew. Underneath the camera, I don't doubt it for a second. Let's keep um, let's keep moving on. Let's keep trucking. You know, when Dale picked uh, She-Hulk book, I scrambled for a minute. <laughs> Luckily, I recalled what books I'd read. I I was a toss up between Uncanny X-Men, Life, Death, Ooh. but I feel like I maybe went on a speech about that in the past. Maybe I'll save that for my my lightning round or Fireside. So let's keep this seal train moving and talk about Superman Wonder Woman that had come out this week. Okay, Shamar Moore, preach it. Oh, God, this book, this book. You know, I didn't have high hopes for this book until I fully embraced the seal man and his work, his library of work. So Zod, you don't need need to hold need to know a whole lot about the story because i'm not really super interested in this in the like the characters that are consuming this storyline but zod is out of the negative zone and uh what's his lady's name zamora damora anybody remember what her name is that's how invested in the story so jennifer Jennifer damora jennifer damora and uh so they're doing battle but over the course of this storyline wonder woman and superman are you know their relationship is the real linchpin of the whole story. And uh, so they're at odds about, you know, where their relationship is and are they together or should they be together? Because Wonder Woman, you know, embraces one identity. She doesn't need a secondary identity. Clark does, and he kind of refuses to let it go. She almost views that as a weakness. She wants him to just be the one man. And so she goes to her old stomping grounds. First of all, Tony Daniels art in this book. Unreal. Ungodly. Ungodly. That guy should, you know, not a, not to slay him in any way, but that guy should never write another book again because his just art and not worrying about writing art is amazing. And um so Wonder Woman goes to uh her old stomping grounds and kind of needs to stew on things and and regain her senses. And there was this really cool thing that she did to show you that Wonder Woman was almost vulnerable and and at ease. And she got to the sand of the beach and just took her boots off and just started walking around barefoot the whole island. And I thought that was like such a small thing to do, but it told you everything you need to know about Wonder Woman in this location. And I thought it was really smart. Um, But the the issue was, was really great. She was at this island, you know, did battle with miscellaneous things, and then rejoined Superman in battle that he was having. And it was this really cool kind of, I'm a bat. Maybe we're together, but he's my man type deal. And I thought it was really well done. I'm actually really surprised by the series. Wow. I had a, I had a great one line insult lined up, but I think you just turned me around on it. <laughs> just in your description of the book. I'm Jonesy backpedaling.com, uh, forward slash, uh, maybe he really does like it. 
HTML. Yeah, that's a good URL to have. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. I think I I think once I saw that Doomsday was an issue too, I like I said like eh, maybe I'll come back to this. And then I finally did just pick up the most recent issue, and I really enjoyed it. So recommend. It's on the recommend train. It's great to hear. I've been I've been slowly picking that up because I I relegated it to the no offense to anyone, but the uh, the dollar price drop mm-hmm. in comicsology. So I'm a bit behind, but and I I love I just love that book, and I love how their relationship is the linchpin of the book. Yeah, I think it's like really the whole good. reason. I feel like it's the whole reason the book exists because you can't really dedicate that much time to it in any of Superman's other titles for whatever reason. So they decided to give him this this whole series for it, which I think is pretty cool. It's working yeah. out pretty well. Yeah, it's fantastic, I think. Um, Jonesy loves beer. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to do the show with us. Thank uh, you for waking me up for my nap. I hope now. your I tax break it. is bountiful for you and your family. Uh, no, I always end up yelling at the uh, Owen at the end of the year. So, what did you read this week? I want to talk about a book that I would initially would have said I wouldn't like, but ended up loving, and that's the Winter Soldier, uh, the Long March. Hmm. Is that, is that, oh wow! The Bitter March. I'm sorry, the Bitter March, <laughs> episode one, by your boy and mine, Rick Remendo. Mm. <sighs> He spins the tale of uh, a young 60s Nick Fury. Uh, You know, he's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in his action suit with the uh, blue jumpsuit and white shoulder uh, holster. And him and another uh, classic S.H.I.E.L.D. agent are going to go try to infiltrate HYDRA. Uh, It's very uh, uh, James Bondian, cold open, somebody sneaking into a castle and wearing a tuxedo. And uh, the Hydra infiltration is kind of foiled by the Winter Soldier. And, of course, at this point, they have no idea who he is. I mean, or even to call him that. They just know he has a mechanical arm. So the end of the issue, basically, is the premise of this whole bitter march. And that's uh, as Nick is getting away in a plane, uh, Winter Soldier shoots him down. But Nick kind of gets the last laugh and takes him down, too. And so Nick and these two people, he's kind of getting out of harm's way, uh, crash into, like, this forest. And Winter Soldier crashes not far away. And Nick Fury is basically like, I have two people that are now going to slow me down who are innocent. And I'm caught in this wide open space with the, you know, the greatest killer on the planet. And I guess the whole, the rest of the series is going to be, how does he get out of it? Hmm. It's pretty neat. I, I expect like a really cool spy versus spy uh, cat and mouse game coming up. And uh, I don't know. I was really impressed by the first issue, and I can't wait uh, for issue two. I uh, <clears throat> I had little to negative feelings about just the um, premise, just the title, but the cover art ha- piqued my interest so badly that I will eventually read it. I don't know when. You know, comic budgets tight, uh, tight as they are. But the uh, maybe it's because I'm, you know, spoilers uh, reading James Bond. You know, but the cover of the book was just amazing. I loved it. 
Yeah, it's very. It reminds me a lot of those old uh, and, and you know brass taxes. Some like uh, some likes to say federal taxes. Are, yeah. Are, yeah, exactly. I'll see you guys in a second. Uh, now, um, yeah, we are listening to a book for our other podcast, and I love those old Fleming covers. Yeah, those splash covers, and this reminds me exactly of that. I thought it was interesting too that this is like full on limited series. They don't. Marvel doesn't really ever do which those I love. Anymore. Which I love. Yeah, which is great. And, and they got Remender to do it. I mean, come on, come off it. It's our it's boy, Rick Gold. Remendo. Our, our boy, the Golden Boy. It's our boy. That means the Apocalypse Twins will be showing up, and uh, <laughs> Yarn Bjorn, Thor's S- axe, and Steve whatever McNiven's else. going to do a three issue stint. <laughs> yeah, at some point. Uh, Angel as death. Right. Uh, Good luck reading and being not confused. Good luck. Alleged confusion. Lightning round. Two sentences or less of a book that you've read, run out of tape. We need to get to our book club. The people need it. Dale. I need it. Uh, X Force, number one. Oh. I read X Force, number one, because I feel like I really, really would like. An X Force comic. This number one issue left me really, really lukewarm, like every other X Force comic I've ever read. But you have yet to read Remender's X Men, I think, right? Just one. That's true. Lightning debate. Lightning. Lightning reminder. Lightning clarification on Dale's reading history. Lightning addendums. Letter 44. You, no, you didn't. Number four. (laughs) Our astronauts have finally gotten close to the alien structure and are moving in for more information. S is getting realer than you can imagine at the end of this issue. Bye, 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 B-U-Y, bye. Lightning seal, lightning seal. (laughs) Tales of the Dragon, issue one, by Comics Tribe. A wink, wink, homage to the Princess Bride. Episode one was very endearing. Where is this going, though? Lazarus by Greg Rucka and Michael Lark. My God, take me now. (laughs) Michael Lark. Um, From Image Comics, critically acclaimed. These two, and um, apologies, I the colorist is escaping me, and they also do an equally amazing job. Santi. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Jonesy Loves Beer. What is this book for those that have never read, please? Sure. Uh, Lazarus is uh, about a kind of fresh post-apocalyptic world 
well, specifically the U.S., Western United States. And um, instead of corporations or city-states kind of taking over, almost like crime families take over the country. So we open on the Carlisle family. And they have a daughter who is enhanced. It's, you know, And her major enhancement, her number one thing, is that she can't die. She's the Lazarus of the family. She's a, you know, she could be remade. She can be enhanced. She can come back from the dead. And that makes her like the number one warrior uh, for this whole private army. And, you know, she's a very uh, skilled combatant. Think uh, River from Firefly, kind of like on the edge. Never seen it. Not sure who she is. Jonesy Brown she's coat, in, red coat, something like that. You know. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to start uh, a revolution here by mentioning, by mentioning Firefly. You know, so that first, just let me just jump in. That Werther's is really screwing up your, your speaking skills. I noticed it last show, and it's happening this show again. You mispronounce every tenth word. Check the tapes. <laughs> I Here comes first the alcohol ban, now the Werther's ban. <laughs> What's left? All right. What's left? <laughs> Soon there'll be no talking or having fun. Okay. Soon there'll be saying no more saying the phrase "eat s and die" on live, <laughs> live <laughs> on the air. That was one time. All right. Need to loop that out. Getting. <laughs> All right. Let's get it back here, guys. Let's get it back. So the Carlisle family uh, has a mole, <laughs> has a traitor. Uh, in their midst, betraying them all to the Murray family, who is a another superpower with their own Lazarus, uh, who they used to have a great, prosperous trade relationship with, but are now fast enemies. So, uh, Forever Carlisle, who is the the titular Lazarus, if you will, is sent to secretly negotiate with the Murray family, and at the end of this snappy four-issue arc, you find out who the traitor really is. I don't even know if I talked about the whole book, you guys, just in my head the entire time. I thought so it was, what you think? I thought it was very interesting that, um, and very, I thought it was great, but the first arc is essentially four issues, and I don't know, maybe I'm just never used to that, and it was collected like super fast after the four issues were done like a print collection came out like super fast after which i thought was great and uh well first of all i really i enjoy it i enjoyed lazarus um the i think when i reread it this week i'd read it when it came out it reminded me more of a book that rucka would write like i don't it didn't strike me as a comic book at first glance and i don't know how, how to really describe that but Maybe it's because of the way, like, the issues ended, how they were almost not really ends. They were almost pauses in the story. Like, the first issue ended in a way that, like, I thought a page was missing in the book when I first downloaded it. It was almost just like a commercial break. And I'm, I'm totally not used to that. It felt like almost a chapter end, I guess. I don't know. What did you, what did you guys think? I can't – I read this in the um, Comixology four-issue trade – I had I bought the first issue when it came out, and I really liked it. And for some reason, I just never went back to issue two. 
So I picked this up as a trade, and I couldn't even tell you where one issue stopped and another began. I mean, the hmm. story's that fluid. And I, what something you said there where it sounded like one of Rucka's novels, uh, this, the first three issues definitely felt like a treatment where, you know, there wasn't a lot of world building. The world was just already lived in. We were introduced to a lot of terms that weren't explained, a lot of, uh, you know, their science that wasn't explained. And it really felt like Rucka couldn't sell this as a novel, but comics embraced it with open arms. So by issue four, uh, you know, and this is the big tell, I guess, uh, when Moray's Lazarus um, gets blown apart. And this, I know we're, I'm skipping to the end here. Uh, but you see that he's got, like, cybernetic uh, flesh underneath. Mm -hmm. Like, that's definitely a a, a visual way to tell part of your story instead of, like, somebody describing what a Lazarus is. That's, like, a big reveal that can only be told visually. And that's when it feels to me like, all right, Rucka's back in his comic book, my you know, set my mind frame, whatever you want to call it. He's back writing it. And I don't know if he intentionally was getting there in four issues, but it definitely feels like this was a manuscript that he changed to a comic script. Hmm. That's an interesting. Know, maybe it's just me. Yeah, it's an interesting I, point of view to take, though. Yeah, and I and I think what I didn't even realize, Jones, but you're totally right about the lack of world building, and I I think I really liked that because I yeah. harp on Hickman a lot for maybe I get bogged down in the world building, but. There, you're right. There, like, literally wasn't anything, and the characters really took center stage. You barely even saw that um, the brothers, his area, like, you only really saw that his area was crap when he was when forever was in the car with him. And she's like, "You should really re- like, you know, put some money behind this and build up your area." And and there was only even really slight nods to the world they were living in, where they showed the house where the Hollywood sign was in ruins and yeah. then i almost like forgot about that like oh well you know what's what happened or like where where is everybody or what's the status and you don't even really get that in the characters are really the important part which i thought was yeah. nice it reminds me a lot of wasteland and the fact that this is just very nuanced i mean this story could take place on an alien landscape it could take place you know as a time travel story and the characters are what drive everything you want to read about it. So it's kind of like the real world aspects are sprinkled in and they're kind of almost like a treat, like an icing on the cake. And they don't take center stage. And I don't know if I've said this a lot, but you could have any story. I'm going to care that the characters are moved. So if you have magic, who cares? It's just magic. Everybody's told a million magic stories. But if you care about the characters... That's what's going to really hook you in. And I think comics has a, a bad rap because people always think, oh, it's going to be about capes and, and uh, you know, flying and, and superpowers and blasting things out of your eyes. But this is one of those stories that showcases how you can use the, the medium to turn a trope into something brand new and fresh and it's something people are going to want to consume. And Greg Rucka is like a master at it. Yeah, he uh, to comment on the, uh, I mean, everything you said about the characters and the setting, like, he was able to make the two dance in such a way that, they, like, the characters j- played off 
or the set, you know, one played off of the other. But I mean, the world he built. Like, I'm impressed with any any creator who can create a setting at all. I mean, the creativity behind that is is I think a really awesome talent to possess and something I severely lack and I'm jealous of but the way Rucka wrote it like Slim started touching on it like it's it kind of like the opposite of Hickman it's Rucka just fed you enough for like context to the story but it's that kind of writing that like could make me obsessed with wanting to know more about you know and which is a very good thing like it keeps you wanting more but the fact that uh, you know the ground is crap and you need special strains and like they're not hoarding money they're hoarding seeds and grain to grow and, and probably in a controlled manner so they can you know control the flow of money and keep people you know down but the the, the way he just wrote just enough to keep you like I started to become like engrossed in the world because I wanted to know so much more about it and, and I've I have completely complete faith that you know for the long haul you'll find out more about it but it's like that mis- there's the mysteriousness to it that just makes me like I I, I wanted to read this book I've I partially selfish why I recommended it but I like Jonesy I I bought and read the first issue, and then I subscribed to the series, and I probably bought the first five, but I had only read the first issue, and then maybe I only bought the first four, but I canceled the subscription because I wasn't reading the book, and I was like, I'll just buy these when I get the chance, you know, I'm I'm spending money that I'm not, and I'm not reading it right, you know, when mm-hmm. it came out, but it immediately made me want to resubscribe to the series because it's fantastic, Especially the way that fourth issue ends, and oh, yeah. uh, one thing, I w- one thing I want to point out: uh, we talk about nuances and ignoring world building. One of the craziest thing things he does, and it's sprinkled at every issue, and just has me asking questions: is he'll set up a scene, and he'll establish a new location, and it will be Carlisle, population two, mm-hmm. uh, surf yeah. population a thousand, and then it'll be waste population 230,000 you're like what does that mean why why are those the designations i mean i understand surface servant but why call the general population waste like where's that coming from and he's not going to answer it so you just right. you have to develop like your own theories and and kind of you build the world for him and like a little greg rucka pied piper just mm-hmm. stringing you along you know, building the world in your own mind. It's such a great touch that keep you asking every time you, yeah. you know, set up a new, It's you know, this is the harvest. This is their genetic lab. These are the people that aren't there. It's right. Great stuff. And and it's, and it's amazing because to the characters that you're reading, they're completely familiar with it. They, that's one of the, you know, it's what they live, but to, as an outside outsider looking in, you're just like, forever please tell me about what all this means you're like begging one of the characters on on the page to uh to fill you in on it because it's it and lost like it lost the tv show did a great uh, like the best job of making you question that and then you know probably lost maybe you got more answers than you wanted in the beginning but the way 
the world is just there and it's in motion already. It's, uh, it's, I don't know. And the writing and the art and the colors are like confoundingly good. Forever the, sat foamy, babe. The interesting part, um, well, there's Your two bionic things. ears and mouth. Two things that I took <laughs> away was you almost like kind of knew from the beginning that the brother was up to no good. But yeah. what was, I think the, the, the part that was unexpected was how the sister was so readily available to throw him to the wolves and become even more of an evil mastermind at the end. And I, you, What a great twist. Yeah, and you get yeah. almost angry that Forever is not aware of that happening at the end. Or maybe she isn't, she doesn't let on, but you don't get that impression. <coughs> I mean, Rucka, yeah. uh, Rucka knows how to, he just, he, Rucka knows how to write. Because any kind of story where you verbally assault a page to try to have a character hear you <laughs> means that he's doing his job 100%. Yeah, I read this uh, two nights ago and I got to that page where Forever is cradling the sister and she's like, he'll never hurt you again. I'm literally going, come on, she's playing you. She is playing you. Why can't you see that? And which completely sucked because I like when Forever went to the Marais territory and was like but chumming up with their Lazarus and the, I mean, you know, like none of the players of the families are good people. But the fact that, um, the Carlisle, the father Carlisle was on to Jonah and he was like going to make this great deal with the Murray family, like to keep them both in business and both like happy. I was like grinning from ear to ear. I'm like, yeah, they're going to get this SOB Jonah and they're going to make this deal. And it's going to be like, you know, happy living, you know, with these mob, that's mobsters, essentially, more than mobsters, you know, mobsters with uh, God, the powers of a God, but, you know, to control the people that way. But, uh, like, it was it was satisfying. I was like, oh, man, they're going to get Jonah. They're going to have these deals. People are going to be growing seeds. It's going to be amazing. And then, <laughs> and then, like, the twist at the end was just like, oh, man. I like how you're readily, of, like, just totally ready for this happy family storyline to, <laughs> to just come in. It's almost like Sim City. Like you would just be ready to, oh, I wonder yeah. how everyone's doing this month in Lazarus with their seeds. I wonder if, you know, Johnny regained the use of his right leg this month. Let's see if he got that. The, and it's just forever in a pile of bodies with a katana <laughs> waiting when you open yeah. the screen. And it was, and I think, and partially because I was like, yeah, this is great. This is a four issue series. I'm almost done. The four, you know, the end of the third or the fourth issue, I'm like, this is wrapping up real nice. Hell yeah. Go Rucka for writing this four issue mint. You know, it was like this is perfect, and it's still perfect, but it ended not the way I envisioned it. Because now you know, problems going to sprout sprout from the but it, but from the issue. But I was like happy that you know, Murray's Lazarus didn't basically didn't take offense to the fact that he got blown to hell because you know they were trying to start a war there, and I think I was super satisfied that. That's not where the war started because of that attack on the border with the how, two Lazarus. How great were yeah. the scenes with the her and the other Lazarus? I thought they were amazing. And I actually thought even this, their last scene together was even more poignant or more emotional, like where his face is almost destroyed and they just kind of have that moment where they look at each other and he's almost hiding his face from her at one point. 
because they they kind of had this little scene where you know maybe they were romantically linked in their own heads maybe not at one point in the past but like there could have been something there and then the part where his face was blown off was almost like a moment where like well this could never be we're not we're not regular people we're maybe like we're barely human mm-hmm. and i thought that was like one of the most depressing scenes of the whole book for her but i thought it was you know beautiful yeah it begs the question and back to the world building point is you know the lazarus you know there's more than one that's established you know how many tens or hundreds are there in the world and but, do they have but why like does only why does every family only have one right like that's that, and yeah so is there like societally do they have their own like social cues with one another and we're seeing a side of that that we have to figure out you know or all of them you know these are the only other people like them in the world so you know are they immediately bonded to each other every time they meet uh there's just so many great questions to ask and to be answered how about the preview uh issue that was attached at the end of the trade where they kind of released as like a preview for the entire series it was like a four or five page scene with the the father of the house carlisle and i didn't get i didn't read that i read it in single issues it's um Maybe it's at the end of the first issue, too. I'm not sure. But in the collection, they throw it at the end. It opens up a different view of the father and how he views forever. Jonesy, did you read it? Yeah, it's a, it's a great... And it shows the depth of the the character of the father. Uh, Dale, real quick, it's... Um, you know, the father has sent uh, Eve on some raiding missions. And, you know, interspersed with... Him discussing with one of of his aides is, you know, her, like, taking out whole, you know, military units. (laughs) And he just says, you know, how could I possibly love her as a daughter? It's like somebody loving a dog. It's like you can't love a pet the same way you will love your own flesh and blood. Um, But I understand that her, you know, me posing as her father gives me direct control over her both emotionally and uh you know rightfully and the best way to control somebody is to have them demand your affection and it's like a play on it like a father-child relationship and at the end uh eve shows up and she's like oh yeah i just killed you know a thousand marais for your father and uh he's like you know i'm very proud of you and you're you know you do me so much proud, and let's not be late because you know how your mother hates it. Well, more late, and she just—he walks away, and she just so adoringly mm-hmm. looks at him, is like, "You're right, Dad." You know, like, "Yes, Father." So, you know, as a parent, you're like, "That is so sinister, yeah, and sick." You know, like you're just like, "Why?" You know, yeah, it's it's so man, it turns your stomach, but it's such a true point, and it, that. That one five-page scene probably sums up the world of Lazarus mm-hmm. the best possible way. And you didn't get you it's didn't a get a whole lot of that, or if you did at all, it was very subtle. Like you almost kind of had an. I personally thought that maybe the father, even though she, you know, might not be the daughter, but maybe still cared for uh, forever. And you still kind of got that a little bit in the book, but this kind of opens that door and shows his 
you know, his worldview of lat- of forever in in a nutshell. And I thought it was really well done. I was glad they included it. That's yeah. That's bunk because I mean, you just wow. That's <laughs> my heart hurts for forever because for her, right? Like she's. Yeah. I mean, she's like you said, she's barely human. But I mean, in the four issues that I read, and and you guys read too, but you know, there's so much like back talk when she's not in the room among the scumbag siblings. Like you know, they have to they have to keep lying to her because you know, like she's 19 years old. Whatever she is, she's a 19 year old girl. You know, she's she she has the ability to get charmed by the other Lazarus. And they have to lie to her, keep lying to her to, you know, for their for their own health and safety, but also to keep this one person army at their beck and call. They they're lying to her and just making her feel like a part of the family. And it's just and after that, like what you just told me, that's definitely not in one of the four issues. I wonder what that was in. Like no, singly. that was only tacked on the end of the trade. That's I mean, that's the first time I read wow. it. I think they, I think it was like given to CBR to run. Like here comes oh, Lazarus yeah. in a few months. Here's like God. a little snippet. I think they gave it away for free as like a PDF too. But you know, I it's a I, it's a great book, and I believe the next two issues. I read issue five, and I hadn't read six yet. I think it came out recently, but it takes you back to when she was a young girl. Like the two covers are her kind of in training. Mm. So you get it's like a flashback kind of uh, arc. So it takes you to a young girl, and the uh, it's just the I don't know. It's Greg Ruck is a cool guy, and you know he's got a lot of opinions on things. And in the single issues, there's a lot of back. There's like four or five pages of back matter in each issue, like him offering his opinion. Like there's a le- the letters, and then hers. Like he's like keeping you up to date on like new news events in the world and hmm. a lot of it is kind of semi maybe related to Lazarus as far as like uh, the uh, GMO company was it Multisanto or something with the uh, they were like sciencing with the uh, the or the seeds like genetically modified things and, and like stuff like that is all that news and he's just like you know take 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 her loop love or leave his opinion of things like the fact that he like puts this little newsletter in the back of each issue is just like really cool you know images trades are so weird because they often don't include back matter that are in the singles and that definitely wasn't in the the trade Hmm. digital digital or print they do sometimes they do kind of weird like incentive to get the singles like the monthlies okay instead of the trade so that that i think i think um brubaker does that too sometimes he just includes like letters that just aren't in the trades like you have to get mm-hmm. the single issues is interesting yeah so i i mean i'd highest possible recommendations if you like any kind of future story character story it's science you know science fiction story but the the flipping art man is just gorgeous like they're real people you know forever carlisle isn't like hyper superhero she doesn't have her t's and b's hanging out and uh and the uh, you know the the Her bees, I don't know, as if she has two of them. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's two different ways to say teas. Teas, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, for, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know, but yeah, it's it's really a really great book, and the trade ten dollars for a trade nowadays for so much entertainment. I think this is going to be end up being like my top t- one of my top ten book clubs we've done. 
Mm. I just, it's so uh, good. I, I think it might be. I mean, I'm so glad we read it for the show. You know, so. And Rucka already has two of the ten. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's. I love super competent heroes that don't necessarily. Uh, you know, they still feel vulnerable. I mean, Forever can come back from the dead, and she still seems relatable. And uh, it's that Greg Rucka ability to make you feel what the character is feeling, and and at the same time, watching their situation, knowing that you could do nothing to help them. It's just Mm -hmm. so stylish and so well done that... I mean, Greg, Greg Ruck is a talent, and this book is going to go down as one of his all-time greats. I mean, if I ever saw the guy at a comic convention, uh, man alive. I would totally walk over to his table and clam up and be like, hey, hey. I'd be like, I have most of your stuff digitally. Hey, I don't know what I would have you sign, uh, Greg, but. I coined your name as a way beard. to read an entire series of yours. It's called Rucking, Greg. I call it Rucking. Rucking, yeah. We got your letters. I'm gonna Dale. open them up. gonna read them. Wasn't even in sync to you. <laughs> Didn't need to be. Letters at paperkeg.com. Yeah, you shoot us a letter. Maybe if we have time, we'll read it on the air. This week we got a letter from big friend of the show and uh, another podcaster over on the ancillary characters comic book pod and pop culture podcast one turtle jump oh yeah turtle jump a video game podcast and they just went weekly folks him and his co-host i'm talking about mr k allen boone howdy keggers with february and valentine stuff everywhere i've been thinking about love in media i'm a sucker for a good love story but i've rarely enjoyed a story that is pure romance Love shines brightest when it's embedded in a larger plot, in my opinion. What do you think? What are some of your favorite love stories, whether standalone or part of a bigger plot? Regards, Alan. Mm. I mean, it's almost like this is serendipitous, that this letter came in the same week that Life, Death, Uncanny X-Men, came out, Barry Windsor Smith, Chris Claremont, my all-time favorite X-Men issue. I mean, that's love. That is K. Allen, please. If you've recovered, is this K. Allen Boone or Paul Shirley? Who emailed in? K. Allen Boone. K. Allen, if you're if you've recovered from your brutal assault at the hands of the Echo Rift, <laughs> let let the life death issue of X Men massage you into form, my friend. God, I just reread it the other day. Mm, mm, mm. So, so get into it. what's the what's the uh, um, the meat of the love. Forge, love me. Forge is a mutant that can build just about anything. Great he's power. A, he's like an inventor, so he builds this weapon for Henry Gyrick uh, to subdue the Mr. Mu- Gyrick, the mutant Sorry. power. And uh, so they're trying to apprehend Rogue. At this point, he just builds this gun for the government, and they do what they want. So instead of shooting Rogue with it, he turns it to full blast and accidentally hits Storm. And so her powers are gone. And uh, Forge takes her back to his, like, fancy sci-fi palace and is guilty um, and tries to, you know, nurse her back to health. And But not only that, but he's madly in love with her. 
So, but she doesn't realize that he built the gun that took away her powers. So, the whole issue. There's a small B story about where Rogue is after being almost being killed, but it's uh, Storm coming to grips with her losing her emotional attachment to you know Mother Nature and Forge. Um, being madly in love with a woman that he did this to, and they both, and their interactions over the course of, you know, a day or two, and it's just magical. It's an absolutely magical issue, and I can't recommend it enough. I'm going to uh, talk about probably my favorite love story in comics, and uh, I would like you to think about a little mini called Daredevil Yellow. You know, Karen Page has passed away, and uh, Matt Murdock is writing a letter to her spirit to kind of help him get over the loss. And it becomes a pulp flashback to his early days as Daredevil and how the seeds, how those Lazarus seeds of love got planted. And if you're looking at a really tragic and at the same time, endearing love story look no further than Daredevil Yellow. You know, there's a lot of uh, love and romance set the goon. in comics. <laughs> goon. Wow. Bone. <laughs> blast Bone and that princess. Uh, a few standouts to me. No particular issues, but the relationships... That sort of uh, stuck with me because it was during, you know, uh, a time when I was reading comics. One, Peter Parker and Carly Cooper. The Marvel U's mm. best, most favorite couple? Question mark? The uh, one, Otto Octavius slash Peter Parker <laughs> and uh, what's ah. her name? Oh, that that's a ver- that's so venerable. Otto Octavius and what's her name? <laughs> I forgot. I'm Marconi. Her last name's Marconi. Uh, sh- that's a that's a great relationship too. I feel bad. The only thing that bums me out about that is I feel bad for Peter Parker when he gets his body back and he's in a relationship with this woman he he knows nothing about. She's a charmer. She's a charmer. She's a dear. Yeah, he's been, he's going to have been violated when he takes that body back over. They could have had relations. Yeah, Peter Parker's you, body has been violated. Did you see the latest? He had uh, Otto had a uh, a ring box in his old front fashion? pocket. Oh my, <laughs> a ring box! I said <laughs> he's going to propose to her. I mean, what's that going to do to her? Uh, gosh, she's gonna. Spoilers, she's probably everyone. gonna be the next. Whatever her name is, what is that gonna do to her? She's gonna be the next big villain, probably in Peter Parker's life. Exactly. Well, not big. Oh, oh Jonesy, <laughs> stop it! We don't want to take the show down a peg, and I apologize to everybody. Uh, turning out to be a great episode my, so far. My heavens, man alive! Uh, we just talked about Superman, Wonder Woman. Oh yeah, big sucker for that mm. right mm. now. I'm in mm-hmm. support of that. Thank you for supporting me. That's that's all I can think of. I'm sure there's a bunch more. Oh gosh, hold hold Go, the phone, it. guys. Hold the phone here. Yeah, say it. Oh, you, I know, I know. Little book. I like to call Fear Agent. <laughs> Heath Houston, lovable. You might call a loser. I just call a man that's made mistakes. We've all been there. 
We've all made mistakes and turned to alcohol. And on the road to redemption, what more can you what more can you ask for in that in the greatest comic book series ever made by human beings on planet Earth? Probably gonna make that mistake after we start recording the show. Oh god, I might. What time is it? Eleven thirty. I can plow through thirty issues before work tomorrow. Put on a little national tonight. Oh, take me away. Take me away, Rick. <laughs> Rick. Um. Yeah. So there you go. I mean. That's a few. I'm sorry. We probably completely jacked up the, a lovely segment there. Kayon's asleep. He, he's he's just out. happy that we didn't destroy him as a person as we read his letter. That's true. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, other, other other ones reading letters of other his. Other podcasts um, that from here on shall go unnamed. Any other letters before we uh, close out the show? That's it. That's, uh, you know, We're it's respectable. Anyway. We've only stopped recording 26 hours ago. previous show. So. <laughs> We're lucky we got this one. Feels like just a few minutes ago I just got done editing Cyberforce. Went to bed after watching True Detective. Oh boy. Uh, you guys wow, caught man. up Word. on uh, True Let's Detective? talk you about that on the fireside cuz I have questions. Questions up to episode 2, I hope, because otherwise Uh-oh. now I've only seen episode 1. I've only oh. seen episode 1. You might need to watch a few more before you ask questions. Fair enough. Okay. Mocha. Got a show. Mocha. Mocha. Okay, what a show. Uh, we don't have the book club picked out yet. Maybe we'll figure that out. I think we're recording another 20, 29 hours. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Saturday morning, 2 o'clock. Before Jonesy loses power again, we should get it in. I'm still actually, I don't have power. I'm back on that bike. That's what I'm looking down at, how many gigawatts I'm generating. Uh, if you enjoy this show, this show, shoot us a review on iTunes. You know... It helps out. Spread the word of the show. We'll see everybody next week. ahead of you tonight we might not have burning to burn them in that oil for you know just end the fireside right here you guys this is it. actually all my lunch break from work we're going right back <laughs> after this union rules man i am so regretful that i sent you that text you have no idea are you guys uh reading miracle man no that was greatly lauded though that came out last week or the week before mm-hmm. it's gonna save it for the uh save for the trade save for the show Say for a possible book club. Yeah, you're uh, you're up on top of it. You're keeping up. Yeah, I am. This is it good? Say for a show. All right. Say for Fair twenty enough. twenty weeks from now when the uh, <laughs> when the four issues are out. Oh my! I felt like we did talk about next week's book club, didn't we? Wasn't there a link that went out? Uh, I suggested that Captain America uh, September eleventh uh, story. Yeah. I think we should. I really, I picked that up when it came out. I love that story. 
love it. Just the whole, let me just, whole scene let me just throw out. Plane. Let me just throw out something here right now. See how Uh-oh. it shakes out. Um, Saga of the Swamp Thing, book two. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm so excited! I can't even get my eyes open. Alan, screen right now. More. Just throw it out there. I think Cap might be less pages. Yeah. Didn't what was the other four issue that you suggested, Dale? Wasn't there two? I thought there was two back to back four page book clubs. Oh, mm. do you remember that? I feel like there was. was. Um, I I don't know. I'll find text archives. Yeah, you you uh, filibuster, and I'll maybe drum it up. Filibuster. Gotta go through all these. YouTube video, live tweets. Could take me an hour before I, uh... Oh, you're going back, or am I going back? I'm going back. Okay, never mind. Forget it. What was the lightning round? We're supposed to fill Lightning buster. agreement uh, advancement that was made. Oh, <laughs> oh were you two X, uh, lightning X-Force. jade each other off for a couple minutes? X-Force was one. Dale still needs to read Remender's X-Force. You haven't read it yet, for real? No, I, ha- I've, yep. I haven't read it, no. Were you saving it or just didn't turn you on when you heard about it? He's got like 300 other hardcovers I mean, that he needs to read. Slim, that, that issue where Psylocke lays in the snow with him. Shh, 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 shh. Oh, my, oh, my lordy, lordy, lordy. Oh. Tugs at my heartstrings about even the now. issue with Wolverine and the dude and the puddle. Oh, and the future flashbacks! My God, I, I just <laughs> my word, my God. And I want to feel like that run is overlooked. I don't by people. I don't think that's because it I has when that it came out. It was like people were jaying off, rightly they're, deserved. But they're releasing a whole yeah. Comedy. But there was that weird middle middle section skinless with man. the bad art, skinless man. man. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Uh, I could see us rucking though. Oh my. That expert. I would I love think it's that. like 37 issues, though. <laughs> so? <laughs> I think we'd have to do, uh, like, books. Because, I mean, the, the Dark Angel saga is like eight issues, I think, or something like that. Or it's broken into different books. Like, in the trades on the app, it's like Dark Angel saga, book one, book two. <laughs> Dale, you could just we planned it do enough, that like... sound effect for me again. <laughs> if we planned it like we did Akira... Problem is, I I, such a big episode. If it's anything like Uncanny Avengers, I won't remember anything that happened, (laughs) even if I read it three days before we record the show. If we did uh, another Rucka Keg that length, we might have to break up like the actual episode into sections. Like we would do, like the first two arcs, and then we'd move on. Definitely, it's not bad experiment to play around with. I don't see anything. I I recommended. Uh, I probably shouldn't even say it because I'll get laughed at. There was no other four issue. Uh, arcs, what was though. your other suggestion? Well, the one where I stopped the group text dead in its tracks <laughs> was when I said we should probably do Vampirella at some point. Yeah, uh, I think I did look at my phone for a couple days after that. Yeah, nobody. I mean, it was a two day moratorium of group texting <laughs> after that one. Nothing kills a group chat like a 
erroneous book club suggestion. <laughs> five five fists of science. That was a stop. I feel like you track. had talked about that so long ago on a on the comics podcast. Isn't that an older book? I mean, not that yeah. we shouldn't do it, but I remember someone yeah, talking w- about it ages ago. That might have been the first episode of the comics podcast. Or, my, wow. me- my memory is like a whip. Or Nerdcast, I don't know. Nerdcast comics. You know, when, when the Cyberforce episode posted, which I think was like yesterday, um, mm. it had been exactly a year since we did ago. Spawn, which I didn't Get realize. out of here. How it weird is that? It feels like just yesterday. T- time hop. Reminded wow. me. See, I don't even know how the podcast that shall not be named even does it when they're up into the two or three hundreds at episode number already. Mm. Like how long? How long we've we been doing this? Almost three years. I believe so. For a paper, with only for a paper cake, but with the, only like a seven week break. When you think about it, extended hiatus. Yeah, tap of the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> Tapping the brake brakes. Tapping the brakes, break. Tapping the brakes, taking a step back. No more of that. God, do you guys remember that heated, right, and slight. by heated I mean that smothering attic which you recorded that that forbidden episode? Yeah, I do remember that. One of the most emotional days of my life. Wasn't, that, a B, wasn't that B. Corto's uh, house-sitting B. Corto's house-sitting. House my favorite pair of sunglasses is still in that attic. <laughs> Probably lost in the heater vents that go behind the yeah. walls. The people under the stairs are wearing them. <laughs> As we speak well, the stairs And she had that like uh, Well not she But that family had like That majestic uh, Reflection pool Oh Yeah yeah. The, the large dog And then the waterfall Into the swimming pool Type of deal it Oh posh. it was It was It would have got real if, if we had The that. house was owned by like Ben Franklin And there was probably Hidden passageways In the walls Like it was such a crazy house the resolute we recorded desk was there. built in the out back behind the. It uh, had like eight floors, and we were on the eighth floor when we recorded. None of them, none of them, with any kind of airflow. <laughs> Not one. Yeah, single that episode, room you might complain about degrees. the heat like every two minutes. <laughs> I think it's because I probably killed your mixer with the sweat just oh, pouring gosh. out of my body. Horrifying! What a show! Mm. So five fists of science, then. <laughs> I dare not. I dare not. Uh, Let's sleep on it. Voice of a generation, Matt Fraction. What if, we, book. what if Voice we put of a generation. out? Isn't there some kind of Google thing we can put out, like a poll? People can vote. Should we do a user vote, and then whatever gets the most votes, we do. Ex- we excluding great, yeah. excluding criminal. Stop. Uh, We'd have to come up. With I should have used my one on criminal. We'd have to come up with a list of at least six to ten. So it's already been episode. Oh, I have uh, to edit yeah. out what the word I just said. It's going to get edited out. <laughs> Golden embargo coming back around full circle for a very special episode one. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Cannot wait. I might even edit out the episode number you just said, just so people don't <laughs> don't episode expect it. 80. Download that HD omnibus, all nine gigs of it. Yeah, it's a big file. Somewhere in your server (laughs) farm in Comicsology headquarters, NYNY, an extra computer tower turns on whenever I read that thing. You don't even know what you're saying right now. Bandwidth, right? Bandwidth. You know, I just started downloading right now, which was added backlist Thursdays, Spider-Man, Death of the Stacys. Whoa. I never read that. What is that? 
uh, mm. compilation. It collects Amazing Spider-Man 88 to 92, so the father father's death, and then Gwen's in 121, 122. Wow. Which I believe is the one that I always reference where the drug scene, where Harry is like addicted to drugs, and or he's like on LSD and needs Peter's help, and Peter says, uh, sorry, gotta go. Gotta go, bro. <laughs> Just don't go into the light. We haven't done, when was the last time we did a Spider-Man book for book club? I want to say it was Craven's Last Hunt. Is that right? Yeah. What was that? A year ago? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. What, are you, what are you recommending right now? I'm, mm. I'll do a Spider-Man book. Spider Island? Do we want to do Spider Island? We did talk about the Clone Saga at one point. I think that's like 100 issues though, isn't it? Is, yeah. Spider Island? Spider Island? <laughs> Criminal? Criminal? Too recent. Uh, I think we have to go back further. Yeah. Maybe we should come up with a list. And all I would do is uh, reference the uh, broomstick in my pants when I talk about Humberto's <laughs> art in the whole whole uh, book club segment. I remember when you met him at Wizard World Philly and you just walked by and like did a quadruple take when you saw who was at the table. I know he was there was like Good times. rows of empty tables on either side. Nobody's approaching him. I was Nobody. super nervous. Oh man. And plus he like had prices of things out in front of him. I'm like, on oh, no the way. I don't even know what to do right now. I can't afford anything. Umberto. Uh one thing I was thinking about, I want to do another episode where we pick each other's books. Mm. Remember we talked about we did it for Christmas one time? Mm-hmm. And you would just mention it. I don't know. You, we just did it for ago. you. You picked our books. Like feels like yeah. Well, ago. That was a that was a theme. Mm. A, a Bonesy McGee. Sounds like you just episode. want to pick one of us a book, and this is yeah. your no. this is your end game. No, stop. Can't wait <laughs> to read another it. bestiality book about <laughs> the future. I I think I meant to give you the falconry book, and I guess it got switched somewhere. <laughs> oh, it got switched. Oops. All right, he bundled the emails. We we can't have a Dale themed episode. Dale themed episode. Whoa, whoa, oh. where he does the intros this and he does the uh, segments. My and he picks the intro outro music. My. I mean, that's what that's what the fans want. Oh my! They don't want some third rate, oh least popular host episode. They want the beard himself. <laughs> my brain is getting old an fashioned right now. Just thinking about it. <laughs> Showrunner extraordinaire. Maybe, maybe we should do that. Presents presents Paper Keg episode one hundred forty. Oh, and I could Photoshop Dale's head somewhere. <laughs> oh, you the, know you can for the show for the show you image. Know it. <laughs> oh, I already image. I already have an idea. I already have an idea what it's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. Let's do it. <laughs> That's it. And the the best part is the super stress group texts that are gonna be going out. God, here we the go. Next couple Cheeks days are already so <laughs> rock tight right now. It's gonna be it's gonna be two a.m. He's gonna be cycling through his entire iPod, trying to pick out the perfect intro and outro music. He's already he's probably gonna just speak out loud of what kind of comment I'll have on his pick, and he's like doing it by himself in the basement. He's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> you picked this for me, Slim. Oh yeah, oh nice one, nice nail pick. Oh yeah, bopping his head all around." Yes, it's <sighs> happening now. Mo just wants to know what's wrong. What's wrong? Nothing. I'm going downstairs. Nothing. What's the point? Nobody, you wouldn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, already, I'm already spinning out of control here. I'm Harry Osborne and I need help and you're just leaving me.